Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Well, how's that for amazing? You know, I've been working on my skipping game a bit, and I am thoroughly impressed with myself when I can skip for a solid minute without messing up. Then you see something like that. The finale for that, that's the movie Jump In, is amazing. And, and not only does it reveal incredible athleticism and synchronicity, but it also reveals months and months of hard work and dedication, as well as profound team unity and an awareness of each other and what's going on around them. Love it. There's something beautiful. There's something gripping about a unified team, isn't there? Isn't that what we love about teams like good hockey teams or maybe rowing teams or rugby teams? To see a team that comes together, that's somehow fluid and functional, where the whole is amplified and expands the capacity and the power and the gifts of each team player, where they're doing something together that is far greater than anything they'd ever be able to accomplish alone. Marvelous. Marvelous. Of course, I'm actually talking about the church, too. We're here in our reimagination series, the fourth and final message. We've been working hard all month to reimagine our rhythms and our relationships. We've been asking the Holy Spirit to dig into specific areas of growth in our own lives. And we've been exploring ways that Jesus calls us to help other people grow and go. And we keep circling back to this rule of life, which is a kind of structure or trellis that you and I are building so that our lives can flourish, so that the things that matter to us matter to God, that help us flourish and grow, actually are getting the attention they need in our lives. They're actually in our calendar. They're actually in our week. They're being noticed and named and nurtured in our lives. So for our final message in this reimagination series, we are going to reimagine church. Church, which I know, just the word alone, can elicit a variety of responses, depending on where we're at, of course. For those of us who've been part of church for a while, these last two years have sort of tossed it all up in the air, hasn't it? For those of us who are new to faith, or maybe exploring church, it might seem less odd. In fact, I know there are many of you who have actually started, quote, coming to church here online. And you've actually only ever known this kind of hybrid thing where you can log on at home or watch it on your phone, and now there's an option to come live. And I want to just say how thankful and grateful I am that you have become part of our community in this way. I think it's super. I think it's awesome. And I've now met some of you in our live services who've only ever been part of our services online. It's really terrific. But for all of us, what do we mean by church? What are we saying? What am I saying this morning when I talk about reimagining church? 
Well, let's clear a few things out of the way. First of all, we're not talking about a place. We're not talking about a building. And some of us need that reminder. Maybe some of us who've been part of church for a long time really need it. Because often church is confused with steeples or auditoriums when it really isn't. It's not a location. The church is a people. And in the Bible, it's more of the word assembly. It's, it's the coming together of people for worship, for teaching. As we say around the Erickson Covenant Church, often we don't gather at the church. We gather as the church. And that makes all the difference. But our language betrays us, doesn't it? It's a little hard sometimes. I mean, I know I trip up in my own language. Hey, let's go to church or I'll meet you at the church when really we should discipline ourselves. And I know I really try to say, let's meet at the church building (laughs) because we gather as the church, not at the church. And it's important to note that we aren't just talking about one particular group either, one particular people. The church is not just us, you know, here at Erickson Covenant or even our denomination, but rather the body of Christ, which makes up the church, is wherever the people of God gather, wherever that happens, across denomination, across language, across culture, across time. One of our Evangelical Covenant founding scriptures is from Psalm 119.63, where it says, I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. And what that highlights is that whoever names the name of Jesus, whoever calls Jesus Lord, whoever's following Jesus, we count them as covenant companions, as friends on the journey, as brothers and sisters, fellow members of the household of God, whether or not they're part of our official group or not. And so here at Clare, the church is the people of Jesus. But it does find particular expression when those people gather together in whatever way that occurs for worship, for communion, for fellowship, for service, for teaching, for prayer, for accountability. Wherever that happens, wherever the name of Jesus is exalted among a group, that is the church. And it's that gathered bit that has really been challenged for us through this COVID pandemic. During 2021, 2022, what it means to be the church, to gather as the church, has been very disrupted. It's forced us all, whether we like it or not, to reconsider what the church is, of how we gather, of what it means to be part of the family of God. And now as we slowly, slowly, slowly emerge from this COVID pandemic, we have a unique and beautiful opportunity, a God-ordained opportunity to reflect and reimagine and respond to who God has called us to be as his church. So will you join me today as we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us into this reimagination, let's do that. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come now and fill us with your dreams for us. As we reimagine what it means to be the church, we ask that you would lead us. In your name we pray. Amen. As we've been doing all through this series, I want to guide us through reflection, reimagination, and response. A couple questions for you. 
for your reflection. What did you miss the most about life together as a church during the COVID pandemic? Have you ever thought about that? Now, you've maybe said it here and there in conversation, or you've thought it here and there, but I encourage you to begin to jot down your reflections. What did you miss the most? Was it that you missed the opportunity to just sing your heart out to Jesus? Was it gathering in small groups and studying the scripture together, wrestling through the meaning of God's word? Was it face-to-face visiting? Or was it the ability to lay hands on each other and pray? Some of you I know talked about missing the regular rhythm of gathering because somehow that kept you focused. One day out of seven, coming together to worship, to, to, to focus on Jesus, to receive teaching, helped you then live that out through the week. Some of you have expressed what you missed the most was being able to serve together, to serve our kids. You've missed hospitality and the shared life together. There's so much more. But I encourage you to reflect on that. What did you miss the most? And just like it, can we be honest and reflect on some of the things we missed the least? Like we were kind of happy about it. Like truth be told, I know there's some of you, I confess it, even myself, there were moments during the pandemic when I was out for a beautiful nature walk on Sunday morning and thought, wow, this is kind of nice. That maybe there was things we missed not so much at all. Pressures. Busyness, the exhaustion perhaps. Maybe we just needed a break. It's okay to say it. What did you miss the least? And then, what did you learn? What have you learned during the season of separation when we were disrupted and we've been meeting online, but it's been different, I understand that where we haven't had as much of that interconnectedness, what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about your family? What did you learn about our church? What did you learn? Or maybe what are you learning? Maybe you learned that you actually didn't miss it that much. Maybe you learned that you'd started taking things for granted. Maybe you learned that this is a huge loss to you that you need community to help you grow. What did you learn? These are important reflections that help us then move into reimagination. Because holding these reflections before Jesus, maybe talking about them with each other, with family or friends, let's then ask the Holy Spirit to help us now reimagine the church. Reimagine us. Reimagine what it means to be his followers together. And to do that, I want to turn to a telling little passage in Paul's letter to the group of churches that were around Ephesus. And I believe that through that, we'll begin to capture a glimpse of Jesus' vision for us. Because I think in order for us to truly reimagine the church, reimagine us, we need to get Jesus' vision for us compellingly clear. 
So this is found in Ephesians chapter 4. I encourage you to open a Bible, look it up on your phone. Even if you're watching this during church online, in the chat bar, there's a Bible option. Look up Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to be reading it from the New Living Translation. The letter to the Ephesians was actually a circular letter, was written for a collection of churches in modern-day Turkey, many of which Paul had had significant influence in founding. And as he moves through this gem of a letter, <coughs> excuse me, Paul begins to sketch a vision for us, a vision for his people, for all of God's people, all growed up. And this will form the foundation of our reimagination conversation today. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. Now, these are the gifts God Christ gave to the church. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Paul tells us that Jesus gave gifts to his people. In this particular passage, he's talking about the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, but in other places, he talks about gifts of leadership and serving and word of knowledge and healing. The list goes on. And these gifts that Jesus gave, you can think of them like great team coaches. They're given for one purpose, so that God's players would have everything they need for the work that God has given them, for the game they are to play, that they would be built up strong and viable and enduring and missional and powerful. You know, in the language we used last week, this is talking about how we can grow and go as we help other people grow and go. He's describing a vibrant, fluid, functional team that is coached well for the game God has with all the right equipment, with all the right training, with all the dedication to the task before them. And why? Well, what's the goal? What's the goal of this strong, viable, healthy, missional church? It's not just for the game. The game, yes. The work, yes. But it's also so that we will all be grown up in Jesus for good. There's a big long-term vision here. Verse 13, you heard it already, until, until, do this until, gifts given until, built up until, equipped until, we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge in God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. What's Paul doing here? He's helping us reimagine us. Reimagine church, what us looks like when Jesus is done with us, when the gifts he's given us have actually coached us into full missional maturity so that his big goal, this is, this is what Paul's writing this to us for, so that his big goal then reframes our current practices, our current rhythms, our current relationships, our current habits, the things that you and I think about, things that you and I respond to, the things that we love, reject, 
change pursuit. He helps us reimagine us. Complete. Complete. He wants us to have this vision in our minds. Can we get that? Reimagining us complete. Paul breaks this completeness down a bit as we proceed through the next few verses. First, he calls us to reimagine us unified and wise. Unified and wise. Verse 14. Then, he's following on, then, when? Well, when we're mature. When we're measuring up to the standard of Christ. When we're, we're healthy and vibrant and grown up. Then, Paul says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Unified and wise. Can we reimagine that? What's Paul saying here? A maturing, strong church is marked by a wisdom, by a knowledge of Jesus, by an understanding of his ways. And there's a unity that marks that wisdom and that knowledge. This is a community that is so grounded in the teaching of Jesus that it shapes our life together. So rooted in the whole counsel of God as as it's revealed in all of Scripture so that we're not fragile. We're not easily swayed or simply duped or susceptible to delusion. Paul pictures the followers of Jesus standing together, unified in Christ and wise in his ways. This is Jesus' vision of us? This is his goal? I find that very compelling. But I also find it somewhat distressing. Because if one thing has been writ large for us during COVID... It is that the church of Jesus Christ, rather than being unified and wise, looks fractured and foolish. We've been witnessing deep division in a church that has been tossed and blown about by the strangest things ever. Look around. Whether it's been resistance to even acknowledging racial injustice whether it's been the evangelical alignment with immoral political figures, or even the foolish and unbiblical teaching that COVID vaccines are somehow connected to the so-called mark of the beast. And just as a side note, they aren't. And any teachers who are suggesting that are revealing a level of biblical illiteracy and foolishness that actually defies the imagination. It's not what the Scripture teaches. It's not even a right way to read the Scripture. In fact, it seems when we look around that the church, broadly, is actually very easily deluded and influenced by clever bits of information that poses truth as soon as they are aired on the Internet. These last years have revealed a deep instability 
a lack of foundation. Even in immaturity, when we thought we were strong, I find that incredibly disheartening. My prayer and some of my conversations often come around to that these days. And I can only imagine how Jesus must feel looking at us now. And yet, I take great hope in this, truth is always good. Reality is always our friend. Because what this revelation shows us, especially when it's set up in contrast to Jesus' vision of us unified and wise, it shows us where the Holy Spirit is calling us, doesn't it? I mean, if that's reality, then okay, let's go. What's the answer? We must, we must let the Holy Spirit reshape our vision of his church, of us, so that we begin to pursue his vision for us, so that we reimagine us unified, reimagine us wise. And from that reimagination, we begin to put the very things, the kinds of rhythms, the kinds of relationships, the kinds of spiritual habits and practices into our lives so that we are enabling and encouraging and receiving the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Rooting ourselves in Scripture letting our minds be defined by God's truth, standing in oneness with each other on the things that really, truly matter. More on that as we go. Because Paul doesn't just stop there. From unified and wise, we are now called to reimagine us gracious and mature. Read on. Verse 15. Instead, instead of what? Instead of being fractured and foolish, instead of being immature and easily influenced and duped, instead of that, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now that is something to start reimagining. The people of God gracious, and mature. Can we just sit with this one? I think we need to just sit with it. I mean, what would it look like for us as Jesus' church to be characterized by our truth in love speech? Where the very grace and truth of Jesus' own character leaks out of us everywhere we go, in everything we say, in every relationship we engage in, in everything we, we engage in online, where, where this is happening because we are, and I love this, quote, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. This is, this is a captivating vision of us. 
the kind of relational and emotional and spiritual maturity that leads us away from polarizing division and into true unity in Christ, away from foolish talk and into gracious, life-giving words where we deal with our stuff, where we confront our sin, where we confess our hurt, where we acknowledge our reactivity and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, where we overcome and receive healing for our hurts, where we confess our pride, where we begin to forgive readily and seek reconciliation relentlessly, where we take the hits for the grace that we show and we speak the truth in love even when it's hard to do so. And then what's more, we receive the truth that's spoken in love, even when that's hard to receive. Because we know that we are all committed to the same vision that Jesus has for us, that we would be gracious and mature, unified and wise, complete in Jesus. Again, at the risk of being Captain Obvious, The church of Jesus, followers of Jesus Christ, are not now being characterized by, frankly, anyone as gracious and mature. That is not what's standing out to anybody right now, especially online. COVID has revealed a kind of ugly judgmentalism, a spiritual immaturity that staggers the mind. It's devastating our witness to Jesus. And it is seriously hampering any influence we would have for the gospel of Jesus Christ with the next generation. People are actually abandoning the church because of what they've seen and heard from Christians. Particularly, what they've seen and heard on social media during a time when we've been so isolated that's often the only thing they've seen by people who claim to follow Jesus. Now, friends, I don't say this to be discouraging. I don't say this to be condemning. This is reality. And I want you to know that I am so, so grateful for the many of you who have have been living out the gracious maturity of Christ, who've been working hard every day to let the Holy Spirit season your thoughts and season your speech with the grace and the love of Jesus as you pursue that maturity in Christ. I'm so grateful for the many people who have been part of my life, who are part of the Erickson Covenant Church, who are characterized by that. But we must acknowledge that God's vision for us as a church not just the Erickson Covenant Church, the church. His vision for us as a gracious and mature people has a very long way to go. And we each need to see this for what it is, a call to repent, a call to follow the Holy Spirit, a call to let him reimagine us for us as gracious and mature. And then, Be willing to do whatever it takes. The hard work, the confession, the repentance. Put into our lives the rhythms and habits and relationships to let him change us personally and as a church.
Can we do that? Can we? When we see a lack of grace, a lack of maturity revealed in our own selves as well as those around us, can we go to Jesus and ask him again to do his work in us? To reimagine his life for us? To re-engage his work in us? Let me pray for that right now. Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, we confess that we have often not been gracious at all. We confess that as a church, as followers of Jesus right now, whether it's the younger generation, whether it's the watching world, whether it's even fellow followers of Jesus, we confess that gracious maturity has not been standing out. And Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would convict us. You would challenge us. You would help us come to a place of humility and repentance. That we would open up our hearts and our lives to you and ask you to do this work in us. Lord Jesus, give us a vision for us in a way that compels us to repent and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, unified and wise, gracious and mature, but there's one more. Paul also calls us to reimagine us vibrant and robust. Listen to this, verse 16. He, that's Jesus, who's the head of the body, his body, the church, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love this. Jesus is our head. And because he's the head, because he's the source of our life, because he's the leader and the king, each one of us can now play our special, divinely ordained, our gifted part in the body of Christ, which is, oh, big surprise, helping each other grow. Why? So that we, the whole body, can be healthy and grow, growing and full of love. Friends, this is an incredible vision. Vibrant and robust. Us, you and I, we, Erickson Covenant, we, the Church of Jesus Christ, which is what this whole reimagination project is all about. So you and I can get a glimpse of Jesus' dreams for us because this vision matters. Just like, reaching back a little bit, a vision of your own physical health, your own wisdom, just like it matters that we begin to glimpse what it would look like to be robust personally will then change the way we exercise and eat. It's the same with this. Jesus gives us a vision of a vibrant, robust church, and it filters down, and we begin to say, oh, if that's the vision, then this might be how we have to live in response to it. Can we do that? Can we do that together? What would it look like to be a church that's vibrant and robust? What would it feel like to be part of a community of Jesus followers that is vibrantly growing? What would it look like from the outside, from those who are far away, from the generation that's coming up to see us, you and I as followers of Jesus, 
who are full of love. It's what we need. It's what the world needs. It's what I need. It's what Jesus came, lived, taught, healed, preached, died, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and sent his Holy Spirit to accomplish. No cost was too great to accomplish this vision, and Jesus did everything to make it happen. And so let's aim our hearts that direction. Let's aim our minds that direction. Let's aim our bodies that direction. Let's aim our church that direction. Let's aim our rhythms and our relationships, our growth and our mission at this imagination of Jesus, this dream for us complete. Because Jesus sees us for who we are. He knows our reality, and he's not giving up at all. Jesus sees our fractured foolishness, and he is committing to ma- committed to making us unified and wise. Jesus sees our judgmental hearts and our immature spirits, and he's going to do whatever it takes, even using a global pandemic, to bring us to a place of gracious maturity. Jesus understands fully just how unhealthy and anemic so many of his followers are, and he's calling up all the gifts. The coaches, the nutritionists, the physiotherapists, the the CrossFit trainers to get us all up and moving so that we will be robust and vibrant, so that we will be healthy and growing and full of love, so that we will be the team that God has created us to be. And as dim and as discouraging as our current reality might be, Jesus, he's the head of the church. (laughs) And he will realize his plans for us. Death couldn't stop him. Sin doesn't get the final word. He is going to complete us, whatever it takes. So how should we respond? I want to sketch out three responses today. We've got to put this on the ground. The first response is actually that we would continue developing our rule of life. I've given you a lot of work the last few weeks, and some of you confessed to me that your your pages got set on a counter and you've been meaning to come back to it. It's time. Continue working on your rule of life. Work on the previous weeks. Begin to connect all the work we've been doing so far as we reimagine our rhythms, as we reimagine our growth, as we reimagine our mission, because it all comes together to serve this final goal of Jesus, that we would be part of his growing, vibrant community of growing, vibrant people. How does it all fit together? Work it through. Pray it through. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Work on it together. Work on it with a spiritual friend. Keep coming back to this. How we define these things and then put them into our lives in concrete, everyday ways will move us toward the imagination of Jesus, the vision he has for us. So keep working on that rule of life. Response number two. Let's keep talking about this, this reimagining the church business, how we gather, 
what this means for us as the Erickson Covenant Church, what kind of things we need to change, what kind of things we need to pursue, what this means for us for online and in-person, kind of the big vision, but also the nuts and bolts conversation. I want to have this conversation with you. I want to have it in a variety of ways. I want us to be open to discussing if this is the vision of Jesus has for us, then what do we need to do differently around here? What have we learned through our time apart? On October 18th, we're having a congregational meeting, and one of those conversations will be happening there as we begin to discuss more of what this means for us. How do we actually do this life together thing? How do we bring all that the Spirit has been revealing as we pursue Jesus? This is the last message in this reimagination series, but we are far from done the reimagination conversation. So let's lean in together. I now mean this specifically as the Erickson Covenant Church. Let's lean in together and let the Spirit lead us more deeply into his plans for us so that we are positioning ourselves as a church, as a people, exactly where Jesus wants us to be so that we're moving toward this complete unified, wise, gracious, mature, vibrant, and robust people. So let's keep the conversation going. Response number three. I want to speak directly to those of us who have been exploring faith, who've been been on this journey, and, and we've even heard these things today, and we think, that sounds compelling, but you know, I'm not even yet sure that I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not yet sure that I've even come to believe in him. Or, or maybe, maybe you're, you, you've been around the Erickson Covenant Church either physically or online and you realize I've never actually decided I'm wanting to follow Jesus. And it may sound almost funny to be offering this today after maybe painting a slightly dismal picture of the church, but I'm hoping that there are those of you who realize, wait a minute, if the church is such a mess, maybe I could be part of it too. Because I'm a mess. I'm trying to figure stuff out. I've got some judgmentalism to go around. I, I'm not very loving. I'm struggling in all the ways that Tom just described the church as struggling. Maybe this vision of Jesus is for me too. And I want you to hear this. Jesus not only loves you passionately right where you are, but he wants you to experience freedom and grace. He wants you to know that you are so loved that you can be part of this big vision he has for the world. That you can be complete. That you can be wise. That you can be gracious. That you can be mature. Jesus has this vision for you. Do you want to be part of it? If you're with us today and you're ready for this, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. I encourage you to join me in this. This simple prayer functions around three common phrases. The phrases are, sorry, thank you, and please. I want to lead you in a prayer, and I invite you to pray this with me if you're ready today to follow Jesus. Would you pray with me? This is how it begins. Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead, say it with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. And I encourage you now just to take a few moments if there's something on your conscience, something that you're aware of that you've done wrong in your life. It could be anything. Take an opportunity now to just tell that to Jesus. Speak it to him. Ask his forgiveness. Let's keep praying. Please 
Forgive me, Jesus. I now turn everything that I know is wrong. I turn away from it. And I turn to you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. So that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, God heard you. And the Holy Spirit has come to you. Jesus has forgiven you of your sin and has welcomed you into his family. And he has an incredible vision for your life. If you prayed that today, I want to offer you some concrete next steps. So please, would you reach out to me by emailing connect at ericksoncovenant.ca because I'd like to be able to offer you some concrete steps moving forward as a new follower of Jesus. You also are able to request prayer if you're watching this during our live stream service. Request prayer, and one of our online hosts will pray with you in a private chat. And you might have an opportunity there to ask some more questions as well. They will ask you some personal information so that we can get a hold of you and follow up with you. But however we do it, we celebrate your decision to follow Jesus today, and we want to walk with you. So welcome to the family. For all of us today, friends, Jesus is calling us to follow him, to reimagine us, to reimagine our life in him. My only question for you now is this. Are you coming? Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.